Alrighty, everyone, welcome back to the Pig Pod. I'm Ace here. Uh, Pig Pod Spenny here. Uh, Tim, and my Twitter handle is at Pig Pod Goey. Good on you, mate. Um, boys, any news we've heard this week? Anything coming in? Um, I heard a little bit about the big man, Luke Valenti. Oh, champion. yeah, he's retired, hasn't he? Yeah, not good. His yeah. uh, long and illustrious AFL career has uh, <laughs> finally come to an end. Zero games. Sorry, love the love the bench that way. Yeah. Um, uh, so what's been going on with you guys? Um, well, I've heard that Nick Caulfield has injured his leg. If that's on you, the news you were talking oh, about. I was trying to get um, a bit personal. Yeah, I oh. think he's. <laughs> shut up. Um, I heard he's injured his ACL, so he'll unfortunately be out for the rest of the year. But about, um, that's really sad. Yeah, I'm not sure how much fantasy prospects there was about him, but um. He was yeah, a pretty good squirrel, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, had, I had him as a cash cow back in the day. But yeah, let's get let's get into yeah, the fantasy content. Yeah, so we're starting off with team reviews again. Um, yeah, so starting with the pies this week, uh, some great options, especially with the studs. I mean, Brody Grundy at 893k, I think, is just almost a must-have. I think he's underpriced. I think he's there's no question mark on his role. He's what he's going to produce. I think it's going to be that 110. He was probably a bit disappointing last year. It's only the only thing with him. But I think he's basically going to be a 110. No question about it. I think he's the only rock which you can really like set and forget in your team. Because this year with Max Gorn having the Luke Jackson dual rock kind of problem going on. And then there's obviously the inconsistency of Rob, Wits and all of those players. I think Grundy's one you can just kind of put in your team and forget about it, at least for the meanwhile. While the other rocks try and build consistency and not get injured and stuff like that. I mean, 100%. I think, like, not, the last five is a bit of a concern. Just 95, which, mm. not great, but I don't really have too many worries with that. But seven 120-plus scores last season, it's just, he's just a lock. I don't think, I think everyone should start him. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Jack Crisp is one that was started in my team last year and was just a, just a gun from the uh, get-go. So, I mean... Average of 101.8 at 854k, 107.2 last five average, with four 120 plus scores. Um, the only thing with him is his lack of CBAs towards the end of the season. Um, so he had 15% over the last eight games of CBAs, whereas for the whole year it was 40%. And that's obviously because Dugowie started to take his midfield time. Not that I think it's too much of an issue, but with it, it's probably about five to ten point difference between his defensive role and his midfield role. I think that Degoe will be playing up forward this year with the new coach. I think he just has a lot more impact up forward than he does in the midfield. But Especially with Lipinski coming in, yeah. another value yeah. into the midfield. And Dacos. And Dacos, yeah, Dacos, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Chris is probably, I think he'll probably be that defender role, but there is also the chance he does what he did last year and comes into the midfield. Um, so it's definitely one to keep a little watch on during the preseason. Um, Taylor Adams. Now, I think he's actually one that people are kind of looking past, but there's potential of being a proper fantasy gun this season. I, I can see him potentially pushing that 110 mark. Um, so I mean, he averaged 101 last season. That was just from the 14 games, however. It was a bit of an injury real season here and there so it wasn't great but um, last 5 105 2 120 pluses I think he's going to be very reliable and great option mm. I don't have big faith in his body but if you were keen on the player I think definitely start with him because I reckon he will go up in price if he was to play yeah definitely yeah um, the mid prices now Dugowie uh, he is one that he's shown last season from that second half of the season that he can be that guy. He can really do it. Um, however, there is that question mark of the role plus like jail. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> dude, just like he's a bit lost. So hopefully, I imagine you're probably right and they'll chuck him into what he knows and what he's really good at it and it's probably going to be forward. But I don't think he's one you start with. I think he's one you look at as possibly an upgrade target for maybe like a mid-pricer who started going a bit wry or like, you know, like getting a rookie up to him. I think he's one that you'll get around round seven or nine if he's 
still got that midfield role. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Probably not a starter. Um, Maynard. Now, he was quite interesting, not because of anything he did last year, but just the talk about his potential midfield role. Mm. Um, but to be honest, I don't think I've really heard too much about it. Of yeah, I think it's kind of died off, yeah. all the midfield talk. Um, I think there's just quite a lot of question marks about the Pies midfield and who actually gets the CBAs this year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I think he'd one just steer away. Mm. No point in messing yeah. with too much of a question mark. Because I just have a feeling it's going to be that stagnant 80-odd mark. Keep around that just below. Just yeah. move and if you do see line. something from him, I reckon he's at a price point where you can just you can jump onto him. Yeah, or can look to upgrade yeah. to get to him. Definitely. But no, not someone I'd start with personally. Um, Nick Dacos. Now, he's just... Everyone knows he's the guy to have. He looks like he's, he's a ball magnet. 36 touches a game in the NAB League. 136 fantasy like. What more can you ask for? Um, I just think you start him, don't question it, even if he's got the crazy high ownership, just chuck him in there. Yeah. And they're talking about a very family-friendly role, rolling off the halfback and then getting into the mid, so he's definitely got the potential to rack it up. And at 57%, even if he does have a few stinkers, you're pretty much going to be in it together with everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Um, For an avoid... I had steel side bottom. Mm. Now I think he is one that could he could just tell like shove that in my face and say no. But he's what thirty two now, or am I? It's pretty yeah, old. He's getting, he's getting I feel old. like he's he always looks older than he actually is. Let me check. I reckon he's around that thirty two mark. Yeah, him and Pender. He's thirty one. Thirty one. I mean, yeah. it's probably it's not crazy old, but it's probably at that point where they might just go, hey, you go down forward there for a while plus he's already really like slick and he can do everything so mm. that forward role will be somewhere they they will really like him there I yeah. think the only thing is with Elliot and Dugowie already up there what more How, can they really have too many might end up having too many small forwards so yeah well I think what they lacked last year was a good key forward key tall forward mm. um, which obviously made them pretty terrible in terms of positioning. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I think probably if if you're really interested in him, keep an eye on pre-season, but I'm steering away. I don't really mm-hmm. like that. Just one that I've heard a bit about. What do you think about Patrick Lipinski? In terms of I was going to talk or... about him, um, but the truth is I, I don't really know because I know that they have a lot of options there. It's the same with Maynard and Crisp. There are so many options that at this point, until we hear definitive, like a confirmation, like what's going to happen. Yeah. I think it's probably... He's in my team at the moment. Really? Yeah, he's Um, he's probably not far off mine. Just because I think that where, like, someone like Dugowie and Maynard, they have other positions where they can play. Whereas Lipinski, I feel like he's just going to be strictly in the midfield. Maybe... Possibly at playing up forward also, mm. but I think that they recruited him to the Pies for a reason, and I think they see talent there. Yeah, yeah definitely. I heard a stat or something the other day where it's like he's managed to rack up the points that he's racked up in the past whilst only averaging one set of bounce. So I think that if he manages to rack up a few more of those, then he'll definitely be a shout for a yeah. few. Maybe no, a ninety. Going I, I definitely think. I think he is one that if he gets the role. It's like the best mid price of the season. Mm. I'm just not certain of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, he reminds me of um, like a constable. Mm. Like I don't know what they're going to do with constable. Is he even going to play? And he's at that price mark where he's probably what not like fifty k more than you were hoping for. He was six hundred k. At first, I thought he played what five six games last season. Or something yeah, like average of sixty. Play nine games. Nine games. Nine games. Yeah. It feels like he should be priced less. I don't mm-hmm. know, but yeah, I get, I think he wore the vest a few times as well, so yeah. that obviously didn't help him in terms of fantasy. Yeah. Um, the other one I kind of forgot about, um, Scott Pendlebury. Mm. Not particularly relevant now, but with his the they really liked him at that half back kick out kind of role towards the end of the season. I think if he does get that defender status again, like he did last season, I think he's. Probably one that can be very interesting. 
Yeah. I think he's definitely a watch for in draft. Yeah. Um, especially if he slips down and you maybe take him for your bench and you hope, I don't know, that he gets that DPP mm. that you can flick him down back because he's great user of the ball. Really silky. Yeah, definitely. I think... Um, and so reliable. I don't think you're going to get many 60s from him. I think he's, his yeah. lowest will be an 80. So... Mm. Definitely one to watch in draft at the start of the season. Alright, so this week I'm going to be looking at the ruse. Um, so Aaron Hall is the most expensive defender this year. I think he's priced around 106, 107. Um, and obviously last year he was pretty incredible in that back half. He had a last three of 124, last five of 121. Um, I just don't think he's going to get back up to those elite 120 numbers. Um, I think their last year, their defensive style of football really assisted him. He was, he was kind of always in that back half. He was just getting plus sixes here and there. I just think as they start playing more offensively, it's going to hurt his role a bit and his scoring will drop off. Um, I'm personally not too hot on him. Mm. Obviously, I think that he had a career best year um, and with just defender status as well. Yeah. And there's so much value in the, in the back line. I reckon there's better options. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. I think with North Melbourne, they're not going to want to be that that real rubbish team. They don't want to be that number, the 18th team on the ladder, so they're not going to play that role, I wouldn't think. It's as successful as it was for him last season. I don't know if it's necessarily a, not actually beneficial for the team. So yeah. I think they're prob- I think he'll still be that 100. Mm. It's going to be 100 because... He actually was successful in the role, but it just it's kind of like a negative kind of yeah. like a kickback slow mm. movement. Yeah. I, I still think he's gonna be a one oh five, one ten kind of guy. I agree. It's just I probably wouldn't pick him at that price point because I don't think there's any I don't think you're getting any extra points and you're paying for him. I agree. There's no meat on the bone really there. Um another one is Zebel. Price at 100, I wouldn't go there. Last yeah. five of 80, um, great start to the season, but I think Hall's breakout kind of pretty much hurt him. Well, I think it was just it was role. just the role. So yeah. the role just switched from Zeeble to Hall. Yeah. And I think if you have that sort of role, it's just a very fantasy-friendly... Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Yeah. And that 100, there's no, there's no value there. It always probably 20 points yeah, over price. Yeah. I would, um, yeah. yeah, I would definitely not go near him. Yeah, this is kind of gross to me. Um, <laughs> uh, one that I really love is Jai Simpkin um, he's the main pot in my team right now he's only got 3% ownership and he's priced at only 95.5 so uh, post his buy he went at 105 and he chucked in a few scores of 126, 125, 118 and with that 105 average he still had a stinker of 49 so I believe if you take that out, it's getting up to the 110 average. Um, with Cunnington out for a while, I believe, he's not gonna he's not gonna start the season, is he? No. No. Neither um, is Jed Anderson. Neither is Jed Anderson. I don't think so, because um, he had some sort of like reaction to the vaccine. So I don't well, think he's getting vaxxed. Yeah. Right. So right. I think okay. there's there's definitely opportunities for yeah. the um, midfield group in Yeah, there. exactly. So I think he can I don't think to me, I think Simkin, say Cunnington and um, Anderson were to play. I don't think that really. Even yeah, I don't. I'm not sure I if it hurts think, him a super amount, but it's, it's. I don't think they're going to take away his role or his opportunity. He's going to be seventy percent at least CBAs. He's going to have high time ground percentage. He's can't. He's going to be a gun because he's yeah. kind of building up to this for a while. Yeah, I've heard people talking with him as if he's going to have a Walsh breakout year, and I mean. I think Sam Walsh is incredible. I'm not sure if he's going to get up to that kind of heights, but I think he can definitely be a 110 guy. And as I was saying with the Roos, hoping to play a bit more offensive style of football, um, I think he just gets better because they won four games last year and drew one. Simpkin across those four games averaged 125. Yeah. So at 95, I reckon he could be 15 points underpriced. I think he's a really really good option. I think, yeah. Very cool. I think it's very hard to look past. Um, Tim obviously just mentioned Jed Anderson uh, might not start the season. I wasn't aware of that. Um, but if he does, I think he could be a good option. Um, I think he's one you maybe don't start with. I think he's one you probably watch for a bit because priced around 800k, 
it is only 92, which is a bit less than what he can do, but it's just, you're still paying up a bit for him. Yeah, I Average, think yeah, what, 110 in Corona Ball, Justin. Yeah, I think he is an interesting, like, say he was to play, I think he is an interesting, like, idea, but the 92 price is actually still pretty high. Yeah. yeah I don't think he's going to be a 110. I think he'll be at 100. At yeah. I think I'd rather go someone like Josh Dunkley, who is cheaper, than yeah. Jed Anderson. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Josh Douglas proven to be a one ten. Yeah. I, I don't even think Jed Anderson when he came back towards the end of the season. I don't even think yeah, he, no, he, did, he, did, he didn't do anything um, in the back half. He just started off as because I mean I was a I look, but he was sitting at like I don't think he was sitting at a high CBAs either. Mm. Like it was still quite lackluster. So nothing about him, at least for me, is particularly yeah. interesting. Yeah, I definitely think there's better options. Um, but one that I think. He's in my squad, and I think he should be in yours as well. Is Tyron Thomas? Um, really interesting price to only eighty-one. Obviously, he's got that forward status, which makes him a very viable option. Um, price to only eighty-one. He averaged ninety-three after his buy and had a last five of a hundred and seven. I think he's. I've, I've put medium risk, but he's pretty low risk. I reckon at fifteen percent ownership, and personally, I can't see him going. Worse than 85. I'd say he's a great option, especially with who he's talked about, um, Cunnington and Anderson. Mm. I think that helps him increase his CBAs. Obviously, you saw when Cunnington was out towards the end of the year, he really stepped up his game. Yeah, and a really young guy poised for another breakout. Um, I think he's just... I think once he develops that role consistently, I think he'll be a really good shout for an 100 a week. Just as a devil's advocate, because I know that I'm not as sold on him as everyone else is. Yeah. Not because I've, I've seen the scores, and I was actually thinking about it before he started to take off last season. Um, I'm just looking at this midfield, right? You see Simpkins getting minutes, Davies Uniac, um, Powell, Will Phillips will get in there at some point, Stevenson might get in there at some point. There's a lot of... And a lot of I, think, I think more of them will have to play midfield, whereas Tyron Thomas, is he's, he can play like a medium yeah, forward. Yeah, he can play forward, yeah. And I still think... I still think he could be a great option, but mm. just thinking about the potential of him going, oh, we need some goals, or say, I don't know, big forward's out, say Larky's out, mm. and they, they don't have enough... What, they're going to go Tristan Cherry or something? Yeah, no. Right. They're not doing that. But... Actually, is he even still on that team anymore? Yeah. Right. Anyway, super random, who cares? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I can just see him being a guy like a Carl Langford that they go, you know what, go forward. We need you as an option yeah, down there. Yeah, some goals. Yeah. Just as a like, sure. devil's advocate, but I still think he's a good option. Is he in your team at the moment? I don't think so, no. Mm-hmm. I think I chose Dusty over him. Right, okay. Oof. Yeah. Um, Slim Dusty. Speaking of playing... Slim Dusty. <laughs> Speaking of playing devil's advocate, I'm going to do it for one of the most selected players, and that is Jason Horn Francis. I mean, he's in my team right now. You hear all the good things about him, that he's, you know, averaged pretty reasonably in the sand floor against men. But um, I've read a few things. I read on Honeyball the other week that he might not be playing round one. Mm. He might be a look to be eased in around the round four, round five kind of mark. Um, obviously, you can assess that when the team lists do come out in the days before the round but yeah even then I think there might be guys as you've said it's a stacked midfield and they've talked about him playing up a half forward I think there's guys that are more likely to get a more fantasy friendly midfield role someone like a Josh Ward yeah I personally have Josh Ward in my team over um, JHF Mm. I just think that he will have more likely to be playing in a fantasy friendly role yeah I was kind of not really. I was in the same boat where I was thinking about the negatives of him, but there's a reason he was a number one pick. His yeah. talent is unbelievable, and mm. he's shown the skills that he has. And part of me feels like this talk about him not playing round one is just part of like this little bit of hype to yeah. get fans and people like, oh damn, I really want to see this guy play. I have a feeling everyone's going to start saying all they want, and people started talking when um, Jamara wasn't playing early last season. I just, I just think they suck. They are terrible. They want this guy to come in and be, I don't know, the next Sam Walsh for them. I, I just, I have a yeah. feeling I can see him being like probably a consistent 65 rook 
yeah. with potential of Nikes pushing that hundred, kind of like Tom Powell did last year, but maybe maybe a couple more goals. Yeah, so yeah but I definitely think yeah. there's, there's positives and negatives to both yeah and I mean worst case scenario you can use them as like a round four round three from to upgrade from a non-playing rookie or a downgrade from one that's kind of maxed out as cash mm. alrighty we are on with the mighty mighty cats starting off we're going to talk about Cam Guthrie he is right now 922k priced at 106 and he averaged 110 last year I think he's a pretty consistent scorer with only one score b- below 80 and 16 scores above a ton. And he had a massive score of 153. What do you think, Spence? Um, look, I had him at the end of the season and he was, he was my guy. He was, he was a gun. He just was getting that the plus sixes all the time. They love that, that wall. They do love the wall. They, they just yeah. keep going every single time they kick it out. Someone would mark it like, say, Henry marks it. Then he goes straight to Cam Guthrie. Cam Guthrie's mm. I love him. But once again, it seems like his whole career, he's just constantly been thrown around everywhere. Like, yeah. I feel like there's been times when he's... Because I remember a couple few seasons ago, he was like a midfield, proper midfielder. And then he went into all these other... I swear he was playing some defence yeah, for a while. Yeah, he played down back for a bit, yeah. I, I think he's probably a good option. But there's always, I just think maybe a little watch of the pre-season to see just that he is getting that time in the middle. Yeah, I don't reckon he's an option for Classic. Mm-hmm. I think that there's better value and better options around. But I reckon that... I reckon he's been slept on his like whole career. And I reckon he's likely to go late in draft. And I reckon you, you'd get a pretty good guy that would average 110. I just think yeah. he's a complete... I think he's a pretty complete player. Like All the things yeah. I look for in a fantasy guy is that they can do it really consistently, which he's proven to be able to do. He could get like... I think it was like 9 or 10 115 plus scores last year. Has a super duper high ceiling of what, 150? 153. Yeah. yeah. And um, and he scores across the board. Like he does everything. He gets the marks, the kicks, the tackles, you know. Yeah. That's I think true. he's, um, I think he's a guy who will rarely let you down, which I really like. Yeah. And I think that there's just not much that's going to change. Obviously, Geelong didn't do that much in the off season, especially in the midfield group. Um, and he was the second highest midfielder in terms of CBAs, just behind Joel Selwood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some like Dangerfield, who I'll talk about later, will have a few less CBAs this year. Mm. Um, anyways, moving on to my next player, Mitch Duncan. 841k, priced at 97. Um, I think he's going to go around that 107, 108 mark. And he averaged 100 last year. But he had a 123 average in a seven-game span. And the other other two out of three games were injury-affected. He went over 134 times. So therefore, he's got a pretty big ceiling. That's mental. Um, and in recent years, 2020, 106 average. 2019, 105. 2018, 101. And 2017, 113 average. So I reckon he can get you to that 107, 108. And he's got forward status. Yeah, yeah. forward status. I think he's really exciting. I, I just think, I remember watching those games where he was pumping out those 130s week after week, and I was like, I need to get him. Because he kept just having these games where he's playing the Gold Coast, and he's playing North Melbourne, mm. he's playing the Saints, he's playing Adelaide, and I was like, dude, this guy isn't going to stop. It's going to be three goals a game, 30 touches, six marks, five tackles, everything. He could just do everything yeah. on the stage. Yeah, I remember last year when he got injured in round 10, and I was waiting for him to come back a few weeks later. I was so keen. I was like, I was pretty much planning my whole four weeks leading up to him coming back around being able to get in Mitch Duncan and then obviously mm. he came back didn't have the impact that was desired but um, I think he's one you should definitely be starting with yeah and like a good thing is he doesn't rely on those CBAs for him to score like he only averaged 20% CBAs last year and still managed to average a ton yeah with I'm, a score of 8 in there as well it's very impressive <laughs> I think part of it though is I assume Geelong is going to be as good as they were last year, or around the same mark. But if they don't have the success, I don't see him being anywhere near as good. The only thing I've flagged are his health, because obviously he had he's coming back from a PCL injury. Yeah. So, but hopefully he he's back to preseason. So, hopefully that helps him. But whether Geelong switch up their game plan, because obviously they love the old kick mark kick mark game. Mm. Um, but if they decide to take the game on. 
obviously removes a few plus sixes from Guthrie and Duncan. Sure. It's a lot less fantasy friendly. Yeah. Um, so the next player I'm talking about is Tom Stewart. 812k, priced at 94. He's just that really solid guy down back. Um, he only had a low score of 51, but that was when he was tagging Charlie Cameron, which yeah. just obviously isn't a fantasy-friendly role. I must say, when I was watching that game, I was getting so excited because I didn't have him all season. And then watching him <laughs> getting tagged for 50, I was just like so happy. Cause I, I, remember, that. I remember we both hated him. Yeah, I hated him because you and Zab yeah. had him the whole season, I swear. And he was just pissing me off because he was constantly getting that 90. Yeah. yeah. Never falls. So consistent. I think just his range. So like, other than that 51, his lowest score was a 79. But his highest score was only a 121. So he's going to be in between that 80 220 the whole season. Um, I wouldn't go for him. I think there's a bit more value down back. Mm. But there's just nothing wrong with him. Yeah. I think he's kind of boring. Yeah, he's, he's a very boring pick. Like... You're going yeah, to get that 90. 90, and then you can consistently yeah. bet on it, and you can go, oh, wow, he got you a 120, but it feels like the 120 is so rare. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking now, he's the fourth most, according to AFL Fantasy, he's the fourth most consistent defender behind Perryman, Rich, and Lloyd, and then Wilson's also in there, but he's like 20k, so I'm not going to count that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks. No, but he, he was always one, I swear, he'd go 15 for like the first half, 15 points, and the second half, he get himself to 90. Yeah, he'll just always find a way yeah. to Every get you to that ninety. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the coin, Patrick Dangerfield, seven hundred twenty-eight k, price at eighty-four. I reckon he can get around 90, 90 prediction. He averaged eighty-seven last year, but he had a score of fifteen, which is nine percent time and ground after the Toby Green throat injury. And without that score, he would have averaged ninety-three. But he's definitely a bit of up and down as he had a score of 149 against Essendon in round 16, but then had a score of 51 against Port. I don't like it. I don't like him either. I don't think you do it in... I think you do it in draft, hoping that he'll get DPP. That's it, I think. Yeah, that's... You do it in draft, chuck him on your bench, and then wait for him to get a defender, maybe. Yeah. In classic, as a pure mid at 7.30, there are so many better options. Yeah. Yeah, and... I remember people, everyone was like, oh, you get Patrick Dangerfield round one, and then it came back again about, what, three quarters of the way through the season, everyone get on Patrick Dangerfield, and then mm-hmm. pulled out that 50. Yeah. I was just watching, because it's, it's like, you go one game where he's a gun, and the next game he kicks at 30% efficiency, and two behind. It's just, he's too inconsistent. I think that... Um he also spends more time down forward. Yeah. Probably playing a bit more like a 65-35 split, allowing someone like Narkel, who I think has promised a bit more mid-time, a, bit more, a few more games, Parfit, and maybe even someone like Holmes to get a bit more mid-time as well. Yeah, they really like Holmes. They do like Holmes. They actually, all three of them, they really like. And mm. I've, I've always wondered why, because I thought, I know that they have a bit of talent, but it's not Patrick Dangerfield. Yeah. I think, I think it's time for Geelong to start looking into some yeah. youth as well. Mm. Um, speaking of youth, Cooper Stevens, baseman mm-hmm. price rookie, mid only. He's picked 16 in the 2019 draft. And Geelong's assistant coach had to say that he's had a terrific preseason. He's got himself in great nick. And he'll definitely be putting himself up for selection in early rounds, which is positive. So obviously, nothing to look for on field, but just that bench option if yeah. you like yeah. him. Um, so now we're on to the Demons, um, last year's premiers, and they're very much top-heavy. Not very many um, lower-priced relevant players, but anyways, we'll start with um, Petrarca. Just just unbelievable good player. Um, 110.9 average last season, 930k. Last five, 112. Seven 120-plus scores. Sippy five, it's just, he's, a, he's a gun. Yeah, he's just—you mm. can't ask for much more. Kicks goals, racks up thirty touches a game, tackles, marks, set and forget. Top eight midfielder. Um, Oliver, Clayton Oliver. I think he's one. He potentially is the best of the two, in my head. Yeah, there's quite a bit of debate about who's better. 
yeah. in terms of fantasy. I think, I think he will be, just because I think if Petrarca seems to go through periods where they like him forward, mm. I mean, there are benefits for all of these. 18k less. There was eight 120 plus scores. Um, yeah, I'd probably go Oliver over Petrarca. Yeah, so would I. I had Oliver towards the end of the season last year and just, just consistent, based, always found the pill. Yeah, really good. And I'm also hoping that he um, improves his game to become more kick than yeah, just handball hand constantly. Yeah. But I understand that he's the best um, contested possession getter in the game and it's hard to kick when you're contested. So um, he's going to always be generally more handballs. Um, Max Gorn. Now he is... Uh, he's, everyone's been talking about him. Um, they think it's going to be this guy's coming in, Luke Jackson. He's going to take over. Max Gorn's going to go forward. I just, I, I was always on that boat that Luke Jackson's going to be too involved, and there seems to be too many question marks and risks with him. But then I just looked through his scores. Mm, as I, I think was, he's too hated on. Yeah, hundred percent. I was looking through his scores, and I was like, "There's just hundred after hundred. There was." Five 120 plus scores, probably, I don't know, I didn't exactly count them, but at least 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. 100 plus scores. He averaged 108 the last five of 109.6. And okay. even, say, God forbid, that Luke Jackson decides and the team wants him doing 60% of the rough time. Max Gorn gets 40% plus kicks four goals every game. Yeah, do you see him in the final? What did he kick? Like, he kicked five goals. Five, five, yeah. Right, five. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, As he was crying his eyes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but, like in the grand final, only had uh, what did he have? He had fifty nine percent CBAs, so down from his average of seventy five the whole year. But he still managed to crack that ton. Yeah, the thing is, he he's actually such a gun that they love putting him anywhere. So he'll go. They'll go. Okay, we can't kick any goals. Send him forward. Oh, we need another player behind the ball. He's a great contested mark. It's because he's at least a foot taller than everyone else down there. So, I mean, he just chucks his hands up down there and he gets them off and it's another plus six. I think it's a perfect upgrade target because obviously yeah. it's, it's tough to start with the two big dogs and rocks. But, like, I, I personally, I think he's going to lose a bit of money throughout the start of the season. He starts off with a break even of 108. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to crack that originally, but I think he'd be a perfect upgrade target around the high 800s, low 900s. Yeah, to I get think. From a Wits or a. Yeah, I think you'd go Grundy over Gorn, especially because Grundy is cheaper. Yeah, definitely. As well, Um, but Gorn, I think people around the fantasy community are hating on him just a little bit too much. Yeah, and if everyone's wrong and this Max Gorn is just the normal Max Gorn getting that seventy-five percent, he's only he's less than twenty percent owned, which for Max Gorn that is ridiculous. That's stupid. And you're going to be feeling pretty crappy if these. 19.1% 19.1% are sitting in the top 1,000. The rest of us are sitting all behind there to catch up. So he's definitely one to just pay more attention to than everyone's been thinking. Um, once again, the cash cow from Melbourne, Blake Howes or Hose? Um, I feel like it'd be Howes. Yeah, it'd be Howes. He's not too relevant. I mean, the demons are so good, they're not really going to be looking into him, but. Potentially, if they're looking for some depth, he could be um, one that's quite interesting. He uh, mid-forward, 214k. They talk about him as kind of like a utility bit of everywhere. Um, 16 disposals a game, four marks, three tackles, 69 fantasy points um, in the nab. So it could be like a good mid-season pick-up, getting you 150k and then setting on his way. But yeah, probably avoid. You don't want to touch that. Don't think he's going to get a game for a while. Jordan? No. Nah. No. Thank no, God. I, yeah. no. <sighs> Too much quality in the midfield for me. For yeah. I get, he played on the wing last year, right? No, he played inside mid and then I'll, I'll double check his CBAs, but they were definitely mostly inside mid. Right, okay. Obviously, he, he dropped half he the dropped season. Towards yeah, the first half of the season yeah. it was around that 35 40 mark. Yeah. And then right, after okay. the second half, it was close to none. Mm. Missing a few games as well. We're just going to excuse the fact that Alistair said Jordan again. Oh, my God. oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no. someone that's been floating in and out of my team, Christian Salem. Do you have any thoughts on him, um, Spence? I think he is one that is kind of he he can 
bust out that one Herbie. Um, and then... <laughs> anyways, um, anyway, yep. He can bust out a... Oh, my God. Yeah, he can, he can score a 130 for you with that 15, 14, 13 marks. Yeah. But I also think he's kind of one that just disappears. Yeah, there was... I picked him up after the buys, after he went a 104, 126, 108. Yeah. And then he went for me 82, 63, 62, and a 79. That's so wrong. Yeah, so... That's the kind of thing I expect from him. Yeah. Especially because he's one that they do like to keep to, but they don't rely on him. Mm. Yeah. It's because a lot of the time, if they're against a team where it's quite heavily contested, they don't have time for that kick mark game. Yeah. Whereas if they're playing Gold Coast Suns and they can just kick it behind to end a quarter or to finish up the game, he can rack up 24 points in a minute because yeah. of just that plus six constantly. Like Tom Stewart does, he always manages to get that 90. Whereas I think Salm is probably one who I think is a high, high ceiling than Stewart. But so inconsistent though. Yeah. He's just like under 80, I think six times. If, if you're backing him in to be that guy, because they do love him, and AFL World loves him because they're like, oh, he's pushing Salm, like the usage there, they want to use him all the time, which is fair enough because he's got a great kick. But I think I'd go Whitfield over him for 16k more. I'll do it. Yeah. Not so, um, just the last one, Luke Dunstan. Um, he's one I said to avoid. Now, I know Roy seemed kind of interested in him. Bloody Roy, what does he know? Well, you know, tell me about that. <laughs> um, uh, I just reckon, yeah, he, they did sign him. They did want him to come over, but they have their big dogs in there. Plus, who else they have? Let's check the CBAs. They had Klanova, Petrarca, Viney. Viney, yeah. Palms obviously floating through there. Plus, Sparrow's definitely going to continue to get more time. Yeah. Um, I figure if he's not getting the role he needs to score at the Saints, what chances does he have of demons? Yeah, I agree. I think. Well, he did at times, but the thing was, I, I say say he does play. Um, the big thing about him is, if he doesn't get those CBAs, like, and I mean a lot. He's not going to score for you. So there's a game where he had 39% CBAs, 74 points, and 16 disposals. Yeah. Another game where he had 43%, but just 62 and 18 disposals. And that's yeah. like... You expect more with that CBA. And yeah. he's a player that wants... You want him around the ball, around that CBA, is because he tackles. He's a tackler. And if you're not actually close, in the close quarters kind of environment, you're not really going to tackle anyone. Yeah, totally. What do you reckon he would average... If he plays, I can see him. I can see him being a guy that goes that ninety-five at max. That's his break even. So probably one. Actually, I'm not even. That, I'm not that solid. I'm thinking eighty-five. Yeah, I would. I reckon I, he can go that ninety-five. I re- I would look at him in draft. Definitely yeah, not think, classic, but yeah, not classic. Not a classic. Yeah, definitely a sleeper in draft. I take a punt on him in draft. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty, now onto the Giants. Now, when I was researching this team, just seeing the amount of fantasy potential, it just made me so happy. So, starting off with Tim Taranto, he's in a forward status this year, which is extremely good considering the potential that he has. But he's priced around a 108 and post his buy only went at 100 with scores of 67, 51, and 80. They aren't Tim Taranto scores. No. They are not what you want from a guy you're going to be paying at a price of 108 for, you know? Just way, too, way too much. Already. Yeah. Also, the other thing with the numbers you just mentioned, there's also a 120 in there, but that included like, it's about, I don't know. Oh, it was like four goals. It was four, four or five goals, goals or something. Yeah. And I think that's another one you could just put down to, a, I'd say 80. If you didn't have the goals, that's mm. a reasonable number yeah. on that 80 mark. So I am not really wanting him. I yeah. prefer Dusty or Tyron Thomas or I prefer to go that 200k cheap and you, you save yourself what 250k I prefer to go Cam Rainer Cam Rainer in the team um, yeah I think he's a guy if the season starts his role's back in the middle he's getting his 115s oh yeah um, like it's like it's nothing then yeah get him in your forward line 100% I just think in that your forwards it's what you want but I think Hopper will go in the midfield over him they Ward love Hopper they Ward will go into the midfield over him I think Kelly will go into the midfield over him and with Toby Green's absence for so five or six weeks, yeah, down yeah. forward, 
I think that Taranto yep. will go yeah. forward. Unfortunately, he's not going to be that guy, this, at least for the first bit of the season. Now, Josh Kelly, one of my favourite fantasy players. I think, again, what I was saying about, who was it earlier? Um, Simkin? No, not Simkin. Anyway, I said that was someone who was a complete fantasy player. Um, Mitch Duncan. Mitch Duncan. Yeah, Cam Guthrie. Cam Guthrie, that's it. Yeah. Um, he's a consistent scorer. He racks up. He's racked up 100-plus averages in his last five seasons. Um, gets the CBAs. He's always in there. Super high ceiling. Scored 141 and 152 last season. And um, like I said, he gets it done across the board. He gets the posies he needs every week, tackles, marks, and he had 14 goals last year. So... I And he's a good-looking player. And he's, he's a, he's a, he's a very, 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 very good-looking player. Looks, yeah. I looks, you, you, I don't, it's so tough having an ugly-looking player in your team. Like, I think you it's don't just, want to be staring. It's, it's so like, have you seen that um, Shooter Williamson video where he talks about his fantasy team? Yeah, you know. He's like, oh, I want to have Jab Ruffhead to like, make all the other folks <laughs> look better. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, Josh Kelly. I love Josh <laughs> Kelly. Um, I, I had him at the start of the season last year and as handsome as he was, I was still wanted to punch him in his face because he was just getting that 90. Yeah, he was yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was my one negative about him. He's extremely streaky. He started off first six were under 95 and then, so stupid, his next 10 all over 95, only one sub 100. I think... I don't think he's going to be a worry this year. I don't think there's any chance they send him mm-hmm. forward because no. it seems now... They realise how good he is, and that he's actually yeah. better than Tim Taranto. And that Tim Taranto can go forward. Yeah, that's that's things. that's what they're going to think. Yeah, um, bit of a yeah. bigger debate. Who's the better looking player? Josh Kelly. Josh I'm going to need to see a photo of Taranto again. I feel like Timmy Timmy T's gone. No, nah, can't do. Have you seen Timmy T's TikToks? <laughs> I, I did actually. Oh, yeah. CJ is on TikTok as well. It's completely irrelevant to this, but. Nah, you're gonna go Josh Kelly. Yeah, I think it's Josh Kelly. Um but here's a pod at only under four percent ownership, priced at hundred and four. I think he's possibly ten points under. I think he can go at like a one twelve almost. Yeah. For me, if he eliminates those bad streaky scores like he had, um, he's a really great player. Last three of one sixteen, I don't think he's won. I think he's one you can chuck in your midfield and not worry about. And that's what I did for the very good portion of this preseason until just recently. I really like him. I, yeah, I, think, I don't think there's any worry. I, I do think 104 was more expensive than I thought he was, but I still think it, I, he's at least going to score what he... You, yeah, he's, he's going to score 104 minimum. But Absolutely. I guess if, if you're a guy that just needs value in every pick yeah. they have, probably it could be one you could potentially just leave him. Yeah. But speaking of value, um, Lockie Whitfield, lowest average last year since 2016. Uh, he averaged 94.8. Um, but if you remove an outlier of a 28, which I think he must have had a low time on ground, probably got no, from June. Concussed, yeah, that'd be it. I averaged. It was going, it was, unless it was quarter, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 and he still showed that he hasn't, you know, he's, he's still Lockie Whitfield. He averaged, um, sorry, not averaged, he had five 115 plus scores last year. And at 95, um, that's what he is priced at, I believe, 95. Um, he's 15 points under, I reckon. I think he gets back to 110 average or 105 at worst. Yeah. I think there's very good value. And I think as a D1 or D2, he's one you should probably look to. I think he probably ends up being the number one defender. I think he does, yeah. 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 I don't think he, I think he overtakes all. Yeah. He's been that kind of guy yeah. other than last season, the last what, four seasons, him, Laird, and I think, a few others have been Yeah, I think he's the best fantasy defender, and he's, he's in terms of actual skill, he's better than Hall, and that's probably a difference maker for me. Yeah. 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 Um, another one I'm quite interested in, um, hasn't really been in and out of my team, but one that's in the black book, is it? Who was it? Warning says, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, isn't that Caniglio, is like black book of horse? Yeah. Oh, anyway, um, <laughs> he's, he's cogged. He's priced at eighty-two. He's got forward status. Um, he started last year with an eighty-five and a ninety-two before getting injured and returning with a few weak scores of sixty-four, twenty-eight, fifty-six, and seventy-four. So he definitely didn't finish the year strong. But um, 
other than last year, he's only averaged under a hundred for a once uh, for a season. Uh, yeah, he's only. Yeah, last year was the only year, sorry, that he averaged under 100 <laughs> since 2016. I can't read. Um, I think if he's back to his best, he's definitely one that you can chuck on your side, um, especially at forward status. 20 points under, if he gets back to 100. But I'm just not convinced that he is back to his best. And I'm not convinced that he consistently gets games and he consistently gets into the field. I don't think his best is each. I think he's still as good as he Because, I mean, he's, what, 28? 28, 28, I think, yeah. Look, I think he's... I don't think the role's there for I don't, him. Yeah, I, don't think, I, don't think I just don't think they're going to yeah. play him. Because I'm looking at the CBS here. They, they loved him at the start of the season, going at 70% and 71% first of games. Yeah, so he got those big scores. Then he got that 20%, which I assume must have been injured because he didn't he, play he for ages. Injured, yeah. yeah, he got injured in that one. And he came back for a 38% and then finished the season off at 11, 13, and 32. So, I mean, yeah, I don't like it. Whether that was them just easing him back into playing footy or that was just that they across the season they found guys they liked inside more than him um, and I personally that's what I think it is I think there's other guys yeah. that they want in there more like you said Hopper um, they I can't believe Danny how Daniels. much they like that dude yeah. like I think he's yeah. good but no, so, he's talking he can play anywhere else that's why yeah. he's playing Probably in the dude is 73% CBA and you're, just, you're trying to tell me that he's he's a better player than Taranto Camilio Kelly Daniel Daniels. Daniel Daniels. Daniel Daniels. <laughs> like, I think those three have got to get... Uh, in my head, it seems illogical to play him that much, but... Yeah. Anyway, uh, onto the kind of main cash cow that you're looking at for the Giants. Uh, Graham Cruz. I've read that he's just getting back into fully training with the side now. He's only priced at 43, which is ridiculous. Um, if he is solo rocking... I reckon he's minimum 24 points, 25 points, sorry, under his price. Um, he's averaged 68 before. That was his max average. Um, I think that was back in 2018 or something like that. But I think if he's playing and if he's getting even, even if he's sharing rough time with someone else, I think he can, 43 is not a hard score to get. I think he can get a lot more than 43. Yeah. I think he's um, only value. It's just, I don't think he's better than Flynn. I, think, I don't think he's I, don't, I think Flynn's that's a the way thing. better you got, player. You got Flynn, you got Kieran Briggs. Um, Mumford, if he comes out every time. Yeah, Mumford comes <laughs> back. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, in my head, I don't think they play him over Flynn unless they yeah. decide to go double. And the thing is, when it's like, oh, you know, 65 points, whatever, he's 20 points under his price, but you can get that from a rookie and then you can get. I don't know, someone a lot better in your ruck and then get a, a rookie in your forward line or something who'll score that 65. The other thing was with, because of last season when Flynn was playing, everyone was loving him, but every single time the teams were announced, they were, everyone was getting nervous about where he yeah. was going to play. I feel like it's just way too big of a headache to have yeah. in your team. It was, that was the thing that I loved because as much as I was hating the fact that the two, because I had the seven forget rucks last season, mm. as much as I hated the fact that they were going real under par, Every single week, I was confident that they were going to play. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas people that had Flynn were like, oh, you know. I'm going to have to adjust my trades. Yeah. Like yeah, I've definitely yeah. adopted a bit more of a different ruck strategy this year. Yeah. Um, just way too many headaches with Flynn last year. And just with like GWS, Leon Cameron in general. No, it's a bit of a headache. Yeah. Brisbane Lions. Um, mm. I'm going to start off with Jared Lyons. Plays for the Brisbane Lions. 982k price at 113 he averaged 117 last year and I expect him to do exactly what he did because there hasn't been too much going on at Brisbane no real coaching change no big names but only with like the likes of Neil playing a few more though he still scored that massive 161 with Neil playing and he's only at 2% ownership um, thoughts Alistair? Oh, he's just so good. I had him in my team from... I think I brought him in. I remember I was listening to some podcast and they were pretty keen on him the week um, that he had his 160. I brought him in in round 14 and I captained him and I got that 320 captain score and from then on, I've just loved him ever since. He had a last five average of, what, 133, last um, three of 125. Like, he's he's just so good. Yeah. Um, he doesn't he got- get tagged. 
He There's doesn't. no change in that midfield whatsoever besides Neil coming in and probably being a bit more of a prominent role. But um, like you said, even when Neil was being pretty prominent, he's still pumping out like what, like 135. Yeah, yeah he had eight scores of 130 plus. Like that's and the pot. That's insane. Yeah. And his yeah, lowest score was only, lowest score was only in eighty four. I think that is I think he's sound potential. That is potential right there. That's ridiculous. It's so good. I love him. <laughs> is he in your team at the moment? He, he's gonna. I'm changing it now. He's in my <laughs> team right now. <laughs> I'm so good. I don't think he's gonna do the same. I don't think it's his. The season that he just had is so hard to replicate. Yeah. That the chance of him going that well is quite limited. Yeah, I'm not and sure if he's a 117 guy. I think he's maybe a 110. Yeah, that's that's more logically how I think about it. Plus, I also don't think that... I have a feeling teams are going to be more recognising of his abilities and how good he actually is. Mm. And I don't think he's going to get tagged, but I think there's going to be more pressure added to him. than Because yep. he was just getting marks, tackles. He was, he was doing Yeah, everything. but the man tackles, even if he tags. Like, against the Eagles, he had 14 tackles. That's insane. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. I think he's still going to be that one team guy. But I, I think there's going to be more... More teams are going to be wary of his skills than they were last season. Yeah, but one. who's a better player? Lockie Neal or Jared Lawrence? Well, I don't think it's like, out of the question to say they're very similar in abilities. I don't think... Unless they're on the old double tag. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> mate, it definitely could happen. Say, say they're playing... Sure. They're playing Adelaide, right? Get Lockie Schultz to do something and put no, him get, on it would, it would be Ben Keyes and Harry Schoenberg. Dude, Lockie Schultz is just out there on the field for no reason. Get him to do something. My but, debate right now, who would you go over, Lions or McRae? Because McRae's obviously done it for a bit longer. He's, you know, the next in line for the pig throne. But I'm going for McRae. I'd go McRae. You see, I wouldn't. Dude, it's very just a personal bias. But yeah, I think... I think McCrat is probably the safer choice for most coaches, and that's what that most of them have done. It's yeah, fifteen percent over fifteen percent. Yeah, but I mean, he's a he's a pop choice. Different. He is a yeah, pop. Exactly. Yeah. So I definitely think he, if, if you really like him, just like you do, pick yeah. him. Pick yeah. him. All right. Next up, Dane Zorko, nine hundred thirteen k, priced at one hundred five, but mid status only. No. And there are rumours that he's going to play more of a half back role. To allow more of the likes of Rayner, Bailey and Robertson to play through the midfield. I think very little upside. Um, there are better options. Yeah. But he could be a sneaky option in draft to pick up. Maybe DPP mm. status. Yeah, I agree. I think I'd, I'm not... I wouldn't advise anyone to start him. Mm. Yeah, no. Although I think he's a great player. I don't think he's going to be any value or anything. I'm actually not the biggest fan of him. I think I he's a bit of a tosser. Agree, agree. Yeah. Pretty good looking. Pretty good looking. Isn't he like 5'4"? Like he, he is. Is he, is he really he's short? Five, though. He's not 5'4". He's pretty, short. He's pretty he's short. Five, four, I do remember though in my multi, I had him to kick a goal and he kicked a goal after the siren with a Tory. That's huge. So that's that is nice. very, very huge. Nice. Well, yeah, I, I like him, but there's a lot of potential um, CBA um, getters this season. Yeah. yeah. For them. Like Robertson, Bailey, even McCluggage gets time there. Um, he's mainly on the wing, though, isn't he? Yeah, he yeah, is, he but is. he does float through there. Like the yeah. last, the last half of the season, he was getting around that 20, 25, yeah. 30% mark. So you must have seen that I recruited him to my team. Ah, uh, probably not. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Hugh McCluggage, eight hundred thirty nine k, price at ninety seven, averaged a hundred last year. I think he's going to get around that 20% CBA mark still but he's going to be spending most of his time on a wing Yeah, I don't think he's an option this year yeah I don't last year he's, he's not a very specky scorer he doesn't get you many scores over 110 really I think you can get I, a player that will give you better results yeah. at that price I don't think there's any value I think it's stagnant it's one yeah. of he's going to be how much was he what was he priced Price at? To 97 he's going to score 97 yeah He'll, he'll be around that 95 to 100 mark and it's going to be consistent basically throughout the season. Not yeah, particularly no, interesting for me. Yeah. Um, Daniel Rich, I think probably in a similar boat. 823k, so he's priced at 95. And he averaged, I think it was a career high 98 last year. Um, I think, he, how old is he? That's what I'm saying. Out of curiosity, yeah. I feel like he's been around like 33. 31. 31. Oh, He's actually right. younger than I thought. Yeah. I swear he's been playing. I swear he's been playing. Like <laughs> this dude has been going forever. 
Yeah. But I think that with um, Brisbane do love the ball in his hand, and rightfully so. He's got a very nice left foot on him. But I think with Zorko coming into the back line might limit the amount of possessions he gets. And I think there's just better value back there than him. Definitely, definitely. Alrighty, my big one, Lockie Neal, 792k, and he's only priced at 91. Love it. I reckon he goes 110 this year. Mm. Uh, he averaged 94. <laughs> he averaged 94 and a half last year. I think I'm actually quite bullish on him. So yeah, I, yeah. I definitely think he's. I definitely think he's like a great value pick. Yeah. I just. I don't see 110. I don't. I don't know why. Just my head. He just doesn't do that. Um, obviously a down year last year due to the injuries. He had like a calf injury and ankle, back and shoulder injury. That's weak. Which is <laughs> obviously not what Walk you want off, coming. Mate, that's <laughs> weak. Um, in twenty twenty, he averaged one hundred twenty two point five, which is absolutely really massive. Good. And in his elimination final against Melbourne last year, he scored one forty. So against good. a very solid team, scored one forty with forty six disposals and five marks. Um, yeah, I reckon man's cracked at the game. So yeah, yeah, I reckon at that price point as well. There's no way he goes below a ninety one. No, 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 definitely. I think he's great value, but I don't think anyone in my head don't expect the one twenty at max. Mm, I, I don't see one ten. I can see one ten, and he's. I think the rest of the competition can too. He's at thirty five percent ownership yeah. at the moment. Oh no, I think he's hundred percent great value. Yeah, definitely a good one pick. Um. A bit more of a pod. Zach Bailey, 610k, priced at 70. Mm. Um, I reckon he's probably going to go around that 80 mark. He averaged 73 last year, and I think just with natural development. He's a really good player. Yeah. I actually really rate him. Watching him play, yeah, like in the, nice. the Bulldogs game, where it's probably the best game of the season, in my opinion. Um, kick that game-tying goal. Yeah. Just I'm just lose. the thing for me is I think he's a better forward than he is midfielder, and that's why I don't think he's ever really going to be super counter. Yeah, yeah. Because I think one day you'll see him, given a few years, maybe even this year, you could see him being that ninety guy, mid, like mid forward kind of thing. Yeah. But I still do think he's a better forward than he is midfielder. Yeah, I think that Brisbane midfield is just a bit too deep. Yeah. And when they were at like full strength, Bar Rayner during the finals, he just averaged tens. 10% CBAs mm. so I just don't I don't think he's an option for me but maybe in draft um, Cam Rayner Cummy <laughs> yeah Cummy <laughs> 396k priced at 46 he averaged 68 in 2020 which obviously isn't the best numbers but I reckon he can go about 75 this year mm. I think he's ready to take the next step why's that um, I just think that he was picked number one. He's got the talent. Yeah. And yeah. I think Brisbane are uh, keen on him. Um, I've heard a lot as well this year about him being a real pre-season gun, you know. He's... Yeah. Dane Zorko said it's so good to see him have so much confidence in his knee. Um, mm. His last three practice games, which obviously it's good that he's playing practice games already, have been yeah. amazing. Really starting to see what we saw last pre-season before he got injured. Yeah. And I heard from multiple sources that have actually watched the games that he's dominant. He's I think absolutely yeah. dominating the he's coming with a point to prove. I feel like his match are definitely like like in a like PlayStation party going like maybe you're a fucking first pick. Yeah, you're <laughs> literally the worst first pick ever. Like and he's yeah. sitting there the like better of <laughs> AFL. <laughs> he's like breathing in like it's alright mate, don't overreact. I'm telling him he's going to become the next um, Jack Watts. No, what's, what's his name? The pedophile. <laughs> I'll have him in mind like the tall one. Spencer. Wait, what? <laughs> no. I'll get up, I'll get up. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's going to be a great player um, and he's going to probably be good this year. I think, um, for me, he's pretty much a must-have kind of I thing. think he's a must-have. I think he's, obviously, there's other people. John Patton's one. Yeah, John Patton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his mate's just telling me, yeah, you're going to be the next John Patton. <laughs> Pedo. <laughs> Um, I think he's got the talent, but there's only whether he has a tank on him. He obviously hasn't been the best runner in the past. Mm. And obviously playing in that midfield, um, you need to spread from stoppages so we can get a few plus sixes. Definitely. But I think he's better than Charlie Kerno at that price point. 
Oh, definitely, um, definitely. And I reckon he's a better option than Will Brody as well. But I agree. In I, saying that, I have both in my team. I think, yeah, I have for both. some reason, I think Will Brody and Cam Rain are kind of similar in both positions in terms of like for their team. Yeah. And like my thoughts on them are very similar. I, I see them both being like seventy. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's just a good um, cash cow just to yeah. use use for the early stages. Yep. Get you up to someone who's fallen. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 